How is everyone doing? Are you awake this morning? Do we need stronger coffee? We will have some more strong anointed coffee after the service, but are you ready for the word of God this morning? I am ready. Okay, let's pray. I feel like we need to pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful, beautiful day. Lord, we thank you for the rain. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful. We thank you, Lord, that as your highness said, we are here today for a reason. Lord, we are here for a purpose. God, you have got a plan for our lives and you've got a word in season that you want to speak to each one of us today. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me today. That every person here, Lord, would hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying to us. Lord, open the eyes of our heart, Lord, that we may understand what you are speaking to us today. I pray, Lord, that every seed of your word that goes forth today will accomplish what it was sent forth to accomplish. Because your word is powerful. And when we speak your word, Lord, changes happen in the atmosphere because you are the living God. And so today, Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do. Lord, we don't just want another church service. We want to connect with the King of Kings. That is our prayer this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. All right. Are you really ready for the word this morning? I said, Johannes, last night, I can't sleep. I'm so excited. I get excited when I spend time in the Word. Does anyone else? Okay, if you don't, I want to pray for you. But before we get into the Word, I want to share this morning just a little bit about these prayer requests and praise reports. Now, I know Johannes has spoken about it. We keep speaking about it. But you know, what are we trying to do with these things? Last week, when we had communion on our second birthday, Johannes asked everyone to fill in a praise report of what God has done in your life over the last two years. Why do we do that? And I want to read out to you what people have said. Because Johannes and I read through it and we were like, well, Lord. There's a scripture in the book of Revelation, an openbaring, that says, the, spirit, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I always switch it around. What does that mean? It means every time I share a testimony of something God has done in my life, it releases faith into the atmosphere. It releases faith into your heart that God can do the same for you. And God can do the same for me. And church, and I want to speak about faith because honestly, if we're not going to be people of faith, then we are not going to see God's promises fulfilled in our life. If we are not going to be people of faith, we will never walk and see the supernatural. And I want to read to you what people have shared. And I really, really pray that something in our hearts will ignite. If there is something that you are trusting God for this morning, let your faith arise. Let your faith be encouraged that God has just done it for someone else and he can do it for you. He's your God as much as he is my God. Amen. People have wrote in and said they are grateful because God has blessed them and promoted them in their job. Praise God. Someone wrote in that God gave them peace and clarity about a very important next step that they had to take. God actually is interested in our next steps of our day-to-day life. Three different people said in the last year and a half, God has healed their marriage. Can we just give a hand to the Lord? 
You can clap this morning. We're a church that is happy and we clap. Amen? Okay. Healing of broken relationships. Two different people wrote in, God healed a broken relationship in their life. Someone else wrote in, God gave me strength during the storm. Who's, who's in a storm and you need strength? Someone wrote, two people actually wrote, God supernaturally protected us from danger. Someone wrote in, God healed me from cancer. We're a God, we're a God. We're a church that believes in a God who heals all diseases. Someone wrote in, I survived COVID with no long-term effects. Praise the Lord. Come on. Someone had an incredible experience with the Holy Spirit in church. Someone got a new job. Amen. Someone else said, I lost my job during COVID, but God provided me a new one in the same lockdown. Period. Someone said, God blessed me with twin babies. How awesome is that? God is the God who gives babies. God changed my heart, someone wrote. Someone said, God gave me a husband and a son. If you're trusting God for a marriage partner, I don't have time to tell my testimony, but I think one night we will just do testimonies of God providing marriage partners. The Heere is geïnteresseerd. God helped me to start a business and it's going so well. And another person said, God is faithful and therefore I praise him. So I want to encourage you, please do that. And we also had people asking us to pray with them. And I think we should actually make time in the service where we pray for one another's prayer requests. Someone asked if you can pray for my business, please. Someone asked, please, can you pray for my marriage? Please, can you pray for my health? And actually, I'm going to pray for that at the end of the service. So if that is something that you also need prayer for, then I want to encourage you, please fill it in. We don't just toss it away. We actually take it home. We pray through it. And what we do is we gather with our teams every second week as well. And we're going to make this part of our teams actually pray. You don't have to put your name down. It's not about God knows who you are. He knows what's going on in your life. All we need to do is be faithful and bring our prayers together because the Bible says when two or more agree on anything, it shall be done for them. Amen? Are you going to be with us on this faith journey? Thank you for the two enthusiasms. By the end of the service, you are going to scream with faith. Amen? Awesome. Well, I want to talk about faith this morning as I said. And, you know, I do consider myself a person of faith. I think it took some faith for me to move from Cape Town to Namibia, okay, to follow what we believe that God gave us, a word to plant a church in Namibia. And in this last three years since we've planted the church, since we've moved here, I think my faith has gone through different journeys, as we all do. You know, some days, we think, yay, our faith is so strong. And other days, we wonder even if we're a Christian. What happened to my faith? <laughs> Does anyone relate? And that's life, eh? But I found the Lord speak to me recently a phrase to my own heart that I said, Johannes, Johannes actually, it challenged me. It challenged me because not only in the position that we are, but 
with what I believe God wants to do through my life personally. And I felt the Lord say to me, where is your faith going to take you this year? Huh? <laughs> where is your faith going to take you this year? How am I going to view this year in terms of my faith? Am I going to look at the natural or am I going to look at 2022 with eyes of faith? And I'll share now where I'm going with this. So I pray you're following with me this morning. But my question this morning is, where is our faith going to take us in 2022? That's what I felt the Lord spoke about. And, you know, Johannes gave us three words in the beginning of this year. Who can remember what they were? It's only February, so it should be fresh. Number one was focus. Number two was trust. And number three was faith. And there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, which we all know. It says, for we walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Not by sight. And in the Amplified, it actually says something profound. I think it's in your version notes. Not by sight. In other words, living our lives in a manner consistent with a confident belief in God's promises. Because that's what faith is, right? It is, faith is, I believe the promises of God. And so, in my daily journey, I'm not going to walk by what I see in the natural, with my natural eyes, I'm going to walk by faith with my spiritual eyes. That's what we are called to do as believers. And the more I started thinking about this thing of faith and eyes of faith and how I'm going to look at this year and approach this year with the Lord, I felt like He also brought Johannes' word alive in my heart to say that if you want to walk by faith, you actually also need focus. You are going to need focus. Sometimes I tell Johannes, he likes to multitask. Who believes that men can multitask? Who believes that women are better at multitasking? <laughs> I didn't hint in a different direction. I'm just... Okay, so sometimes when Johannes and I are having a conversation, and I don't know, I didn't even tell him I was going to share this... Maybe you can relate. I will tell him, cake for me, because then I know he's focusing on me. Not, do you ever talk to someone on the phone? Nina, cake for me, focus go. Okay, focus is very important because where your focus goes, your energy flows. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Johannes is also a photographer, and we've got other photographers in the room, and they will tell you one of the most important things when you do photography is focus, Maria. Okay? Because what happens if I don't focus? It's blurry. No one can make out the picture. You need focus. And when you've got focus, focus means I actually have a target. Okay, there has to be something I'm focusing on. Otherwise, those of you who know cameras, you can only focus in one place. And there where the focus is, that is where we will have clarity. Okay, so focus is very important. What is focus? I even do a definition of the word focus. 
because I think it's just very good to understand. Focus means the center of activity or attention, a point of concentration, and to adjust the focus of the eye or lens. The adjusting of the eye or the lens. And so I felt the Lord really echo Johannes' message in my heart that in order for me to live with eyes of faith this year, I must be very clear in my focus. Where is my target going to be at? And is my target a who or is it a what? Where am I going to focus and where am I going to look? Because that will determine whether I'm going to look with natural eyes or spiritual eyes. And if I'm going to walk in natural eyes, I'm not going to walk by faith. Amen? Now, here's a sobering scripture. Do you want to start with a sobering scripture this morning? Hebrews 11 verse 6 says the following. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. The Bible says nothing is impossible, but what is impossible is we can't be without faith. We can't live without faith. Because anyone who comes to him, to Jesus, must believe that he exists, number one, and number two, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith is very important to us. We can't just think that we are people of faith. But we don't nurture our faith. We don't focus on building up and growing our faith. Because remember that the Bible speaks about everything that we've received from Christ comes in seed form. In other words, we all have a measure of faith. But, and I'm not talking about the supernatural gift of faith. We're going to trust God for that. But faith is a muscle. Okay? Okay? Don't look at me. I've got a very bad gym record for the last two weeks. <laughs> okay, faith is a muscle. If I want to grow my faith, I need to exercise it. I need to focus on it. I can't just assume that I'm a person of faith. Amen? Faith is huge. Faith opens the door to possibility when it comes to the things of God. Faith opens the door to the supernatural. Faith opens doors that no man can shut. Faith is the key to receiving anything from the Lord. Faith is the currency of the economy of the kingdom of God. You know, when you walk around in Namibia to Checkers or Pick and Pay or wherever you buy, Voorman and Brok, if you don't have money, you can't exchange, you can't barter, you can't do anything. It's the same way in the economy of the kingdom. We need faith to exchange. We need faith to see and receive the promises of God, for it to come alive in our lives, for us to see it come to maturity, for us to see the manifestation of it. And so why do you think Johannes and I are trying to build faith in the congregation? Because if we want to see the supernatural as a congregation, we need to be people of faith. We need to... Look with the eyes of faith. We can't look at our circumstances. We can't stay in the same place that we've always been. We've got to be like, Lord, grow my faith. Lord, do I need to spend more time in the Word? Do I need to come and do liberating the human spirit? Do I need to listen to another teaching? What do I need to do 
to exercise my faith, to get my eyes off these natural places and into the spiritual. Does that make sense this morning? I know we know it, but even when the Lord spoke to me, I was like, where is my faith going to take me this year? How am I going to speak about the things that I'm believing God for? As a church, we're trusting the Lord for many different things. And sometimes I even catch myself speaking with a voice of unbelief. Sunday, we'll pray about it. Tuesday morning, we'll pray about it. Wednesday, I speak with unbelief. No, we can't operate like that anymore. We've got to keep ourselves accountable to one another. God's going to come through for us. I really feel like, what is the aim of today? I feel like God wants to remove some of the scales from our eyes so that we can see what He sees. So that we can move with how He moves. So that we can get ourselves out of this place of the natural. And move into a place of the supernatural. Amen? Do you believe that you are called to walk and operate in the supernatural? Amen. What are you seeing this morning by faith? What are you seeing in faith this morning? I want to share with you Hebrews 12, verse 2, and this is our key scripture that I'm going to speak through this morning, and it says the following. Therefore, since we are surrounded, sorry, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing, everyone say fixing. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus in a supernatural way. Now, that's a beautiful, we sing it, Jesus, we fix our eyes on you. What does that mean? What does that actually mean? That word fixing in the Greek, it actually translates to see, to look, to turn the eyes away from other things, to focus my attention on something. That is what it means to fix. Okay, we understand that. We're clear about that. It means undivided attention. All the ladies here, you know, you will say to your husband, you'll say to someone, I can your aandag Can you need focus of mine? Undivided attention is what it's going to take for us to walk with eyes of faith. The Amplified says, looking away from all that will distract us. Church, if we want to walk by faith, do not think that the enemy is not going to try and come and distract you with every single possible thing that he can. His desire is for your eyes to be moved away from Jesus and to look here in the natural, everything that's going on around you. And we're going to see, we're going to look at a story in the Bible that I said, Johannes, even last night, this thing, it challenged my heart afresh again. Waar is my oor? Waar nou kyk ek? 
What am I focusing on? The passion says we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and our expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us. Do you know that Jesus birthed faith within you? But now we need to allow him to water that seed and for our faith to grow. But he's going to need our focus and he's going to need our undivided attention in the days to come. Now, we had a prayer night about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, somewhere in January this year. And Donnie actually also prayed. We had some of our team and we were praying for different things that we were trusting God for as a church. And we were praying over people's prayer requests. And Donnie actually said that the Lord showed him a prophetic picture of a horse with blinkers on. Can we just get up one of those pictures of the horse with the blinkers? A race horse has blinkers on. Because why? A horse actually has such great peripheral vision because their eyes are next to their head. That, like my sister's auntie, it's next to their heads. And when they are in a race, the horse trainers need them to actually focus on the wenstrip. What is that in English? Help me, Lord, with my English today. Okay, they need to get to the finish line. They can't be distracted by the crowds. They can't be because horses are also easily startled. They're easily scared if they see something or hear something. So the blinkers are there to help them to focus. Amen? Now, I'm going to, we have an illustration. Can Jesus please come up? The Bible says we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Can, my, can the horse just come back for the blinkers? Ina is now going to represent a racehorse with blinkers. Yes, she's actually not a horse. She's a disciple. <laughs> she's a disciple of Christ, and Jesus is the author and the finisher of her faith. Now, she's going to walk towards Jesus, but I need you to distract her. So I need you to shout, Ina, gooi arm voor haar in, because we need to test if she's focused enough to focus her attention on Jesus. Okay, I'm going to count to three, and then you just shout Ina and try and distract her, okay? One, two, three. Disciple, come forward. Ina, you must focus. You must focus on your... Her focus is on, her attention is on, and she's focused on Jesus. Amen. Thank you, team. Team Jesus, team disciple. Team horse. This was a very silly illustration. Thank you to everyone for participating. But does it bring the point across that Jesus wants us to have a single-minded focus on him? Because I believe there's actually three ways. <laughs> Thank you to the person who owns the sunglasses. <laughs> there's actually three ways that we can look at life. And I believe there's more ways that you can look at life. But there were three ways that the Lord has dealt with me in my journey. Three sets of eyes I need to get rid of. If I want to walk with eyes of faith. And the number one thing that I need to get rid of is the eyes of comparison. The eyes of comparison. What does this mean? This means that I look with my natural eyes to people around me. I look with my natural eyes in our position at ministries around us. I look at other churches. I look at 
other people's marriage. I look at my friends and what they are doing. I'm looking at other people's businesses, my competition, whoever. And I start to go into the dangerous territory of comparing. And you know that saying that comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is probably one of the most dangerous things and personal torture we can apply to our own lives. And I think social media is actually the biggest culprit of this. Because I can look at someone else's life and compare it to mine. But I compare my behind the scenes reel with their highlights reel. With the beautiful filters that I can't figure out. And I look at someone's life online and I start to compare and I start to do this damage in my own heart and I lose focus because now my natural eyes are driving me. I'm now looking with my natural eyes at other people, other ministries. Oh, well, this church has 15 courses. Oh, this church has 500 members. This church has a pool for baptisms. And I lose complete focus of what does the Lord want to do with me? I need to put on my blinkers and stay in my lane because that's where it's going to be safe. That's where if my eyes of faith are on Jesus, I can actually get to my finish line, not get off course and run to Yurandi's finish line. God has got a different plan for her life. He's doing something different in her life. So I don't need to compare myself to her. I don't need to, to look at other people and think, oh, wonder why, how did they get there? Mm. You get, because that's, don't we do that? And the Bible actually says, don't go there. Comparison is one of the fastest routes to discouragement. So many of us are discouraged because we're feeding on somebody else's highlight reel. And you know, the sad reality of comparison is that we don't actually even know what battles people are fighting privately. They might be going through a battle. Facebook looks great, but the battle is real at night that no one knows about. And so we can go off assumptions and we can find ourselves in this dangerous place of eyes of comparison. Paul spoke in 2 Corinthians and he said, For if we compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, we are foolish. We are foolish. There's another scripture, and I love this. I think we need to read this. In John 21, verse 20. Now, Jesus is speaking to Peter, and I, I keep saying to Johannes, my favorite disciple is Peter. This guy is bold. He's mouthy. He says what everyone else is only thinking. I love him. He's got guts, and I think that's why he saw so much glory. Like, he's, he's inspiring to me. I really love him. And so, Jesus is talking to him, and Jesus is explaining to him, indicating the kind of way that he would die. You know, he also was persecuted for his faith in Jesus. And he turns to Jesus, and it says in verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. Now, remember, he's talking about John, and this is John writing. John always wrote about himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And Afrikaans says that Johannes. Okay, Peter turned and saw John was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper 
and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? This is John describing himself, which I thought is funny also. But when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? How many times do we do this with the Lord? How come I'm being convicted about this thing? What Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. I love that. Jesus is saying, don't you compare where you are going with John or disciple number two, three, four, or five. You focus on your lane. You focus on your race, the plan that I've got for you. When you worry with John or Jockney, you focus on you following me. Jesus didn't cut any corners. He said it like it was. I love that. So comparison is a dangerous, dangerous place. We need to take off the eyes of comparison and get back into our lane. Lord, what do you want to do in my life? Where are you taking me? Where do I need to be obedient? Another fruit of that, what is the fruit when we, we stick to the eyes of comparison? It's discouragement. It's lack of joy, lack of peace. It's insecurities. I've been at this place. The moment I start to compare, I start to feel insecure. And you know, that's not God's heart for us. We are all gifted differently. Okay, we are all the apple of God's eye. I think I'm the favorite. You think you're the favorite. We're all the favorite. We're different. I mean, it leads to lack of contentment, to insecurities, to pride, to unhealthy competition. And we end up only torturing ourselves when we compare. But Lord, what about him? What about you? Number two, the second set of eyes I believe we need to get rid of in this year is eyes of fear. Eyes of fear. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God did not give us a spirit of fear. But when do I find, when do I step into a place of fear? When my eyes are on my circumstances. When my eyes are on the things that I think I can control in life. When my focus is not on Jesus and his promises, but it's on my circumstances. I look with my natural eyes at my bank account. I look at my natural eyes at the economy. I look with my natural eyes at the Republican front page. I look with my natural eyes at the doctor's report. I look with my natural eyes at a challenging relationship, a challenging situation in my life, an impossible situation in my life. And I make my conclusion, I need to be afraid. And I'm not making small of the difficult things in our lives or the difficult circumstances, but I'm saying if my focus, the tuning of my lens is going to be there, then I'm going to sit with fear. And I'm going to try and operate in fear. And you know, we can't live by faith and operate in fear. The Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. In other words, when my focus is on Jesus, 
the author and finisher of my faith. Fear has to leave. Fear is a demonic spirit. But I have the power to allow it to come into my life and to operate in my life. And one of the ways I can control that is my eyes. What am I focused on? Am I focused on His promises or am I focused on my circumstances? And there's an illustration in the Old Testament, and I love this story. And I immediately, as I was preparing, I remembered this story of Elisha. Who remembers Elisha the prophet? And Elisha was a powerful prophet in two kings. It talks about his story. And Elisha was training a lot of young prophets, and he had an assistant. And the king of, I think, who was he called? The king of Amar or Suiti Aram. Okay, there was a king. And he was an evil king. And he had all his weapons and arsenal set on capturing Elisha because Elisha had the reputation of being a prophet of the Lord that was speaking from the Lord. So people greatly feared God's prophets if they were not on God's side. And so the Bible says that this king actually sent an entire army with chariots and horses to capture Elisha and his assistants. And the Bible actually says that the assistant, they woke up the next morning and their entire town was surrounded by the enemy. Okay, so obviously, naturally, fear arose in this assistant. And he said to Elisha, what are we going to do? First of all, they will be killed. Okay, so they are scared. And the Bible says this, 2 Kings 6 verse 16. Elisha the prophet operated with eyes of faith. And he said to his assistant, do not be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. My prayer is, Lord, open our eyes so we can see in the spiritual realm the angelic army surrounding you and me in every battle that we are facing. Where is our focus? Where is our focus? The result or the fruit of the eyes of fear is fear. It's timidity. It's doubt. And it actually can go to full-blown unbelief if we allow it and if we feed our fears constantly. And I believe actually that this is probably one of the mindsets or the lenses we can look through in life that will kill our faith the fastest. Because it said in Matthew 13, I believe that Jesus didn't do any mighty miracles in his hometown because of the unbelief. If you want to stop the supernatural in your life, stay in fear. If you want to stop the supernatural flow of God in your life, miracles from manifesting, signs and wonders, just breakthrough, God's promises being manifested in your life, then stick to the eyes of fear. Stick to looking with my natural eyes to my natural circumstances. God does not want us to be in a place of unbelief. He wants us to grow in faith. Amen? 
Does it make sense this morning? Okay. Number three, the eyes of the flesh. This is another thing that the Lord said to me. This is a lens. Take it off. What does eyes of the flesh mean? When we look with our natural eyes to the world around us, to the kingdom of this world, you know there's two kingdoms that we operate in. We are actually part of the kingdom of light, but there is also a kingdom of this world. Money is the God of this world. Mammon. When I'm focused on my natural resource or the natural things around me, my job, my security, all those things, even when we go to a place of thinking that all of the success and the breakthrough we have in life is because we are so cute, we are so powerful. In other words, it goes to a dangerous place of taking the glory for ourselves and not actually giving the glory back to God of what He's done in our lives. Then we live with eyes of the flesh. 1 John 2 verse 16, it says this, For all that is in the world, the lust and the sensual craving of the flesh, the lust and the longing of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, which means the pretentious confidence in one's resource, or in the stability of earthly things, these things do not come from the Father, but are from the world. When my focus is on the things of this world, when my confidence is on the things of this world, it will lead me to a lens of eyes of the flesh. And it will take me away from operating in faith, from trusting God to be my only provider. And God can use many things in this world. But ultimately, He's the provider. Amen. When our focus is on what we can see in the natural, we will lose focus on Jesus. And this covers everything that has the power to draw our hearts away from the Lord. Anything that we focus on that's distracting us from our relationship with the King. That's distracting us from operating in faith. From keeping our focus on the author and the perfecter of our faith. It can distract us. And Jesus says today that I want to adjust your focus. I want you to put on your blinkers. Because I want you to focus on me. How do we focus on Jesus? We make room for him. We open up our Bible. We don't just feed on the word on a Sunday. We're in this book day and night. Everyone's life looks different. Everyone's season looks different. But we all have the means to feed on the truth that will actually give us eyes of faith. We may face difficult circumstances every day, but what matters is either tonight when I come home or tomorrow morning before my day actually starts, I feed on the promises of God. When I'm in a broken or difficult marriage, what does God actually say about restoration? What does God say about how He can change the hearts of people? I need to pray. I need to keep my eyes focused on here. Then I go out into the world today. That's fine. Now I've got difficult circumstances. Now I come back. Okay, Lord, I see with my natural eye, but help me to see spiritually. What are you seeing? This difficult situation may look difficult with this eyes, but Lord, what are you saying? Lord, speak to me. Lord, give me a promise. And I'm telling you, as we were even reading people's praise reports, God speaks to us today. But we will not hear if we don't actually make room for him. 
So actually, when I say that, it's not a new message. It's the same message. The message is, the king wants all of you. The king wants your attention. He wants your focus. And there's this beautiful, beautiful story. Oh, my word. In Matthew 14. And if you read the whole chapter of Matthew 14, Jesus is busy doing miracles. And Jesus is showing the disciples and all the people that he's ministering to who he is. And he feeds 5,000 people miraculously, the bread and the fish and everything multiplies. And he's doing all these incredible miracles. And even with his disciples, he's teaching them to live by faith. And as Jock said, you know, our faith will get tested. And he takes the disciples on a few little excursions through storms. Not storms, they were real storms. But he's trying to teach them to live with eyes of faith. He's trying to test them, like, are you taking me at my word? Are you focusing on me, or are you distracted with everything else that's going on around you? As jylle blinkers aan, jy weet, dis wat hy doen met die disciples. And so they're again on the boat. They've just fed the multitudes. And they're on the boat. Jesus is not on the boat. He told them to get into the boat. And a storm arose. And it's a hectic storm. And these men are fishermen by trade. They know the waters. They know boats. They know the winds. They know the area. But they are scared. And it's okay to be scared in the storm. The question is now, what am I going to do in the middle of the storm? Which set of eyes am I going to choose to focus through if I want to get through the storm? If I want to get to see, because Jesus gave them a promise. He said, I'll meet you at the other side. Okay? But now in the middle of the storm, you're thinking, okay, well, how are we? We're not even going to get to the other side. So how is the Lord's promise going to come true? Well, Jesus was testing them. What lens, which eyes are they going to look through? And this is a beautiful story. Let's read it in Matthew 14. And we're going to read from verse 29. And it says, come, he said, this is Jesus. And Peter got down out of the boat, and he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw, everyone say saw. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he said to Peter, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Jesus actually came to walk on the water. And so the disciples actually saw him. So they had a choice. Did they look at him or did they look at the wind? Did they look at Jesus or did they look at the storm? Now, I don't want to judge them because I would be very aware of the reality of the storm around me. I don't even like it to go onto a boat just with a little bit of a swing in the water. Okay. So can you imagine such a hectic storm, but there's someone walking on the water? So who am I going to look at? And I think it's so profound because Peter saw. That means that word when you actually go look it up in the Greek, saw, it says he saw. He looked on. He turned his eyes to look at, in other words, he focused, he gazed on, and he turned his mind to that on which he focused on. 
So the looking wasn't just, oh, there's Jesus on the water. No, he did everything. He gazed upon him. He was totally fixated and focused on him. And what was the result? He supernaturally walked on the water. Okay, are, we, are you getting this this morning? He walked on the water. The impossible became possible because his eyes was fixed on the king of kings. And you know, it's even powerful. Jesus showed himself in the storm. He doesn't expect us to, but yeah, he's, he shows himself. But we're not going to see him also if we're not focused. We're not going to see him if, if we're not tuned in, like Ampersheed. And as I was reading further, I saw this, and I, I asked Johannes this. Why did Jesus ask Peter to come and walk on the water? Think about it. All the other disciples, they were all in one boat. Why did Jesus ask Peter? You can answer if, you, if anyone wants to throw a suggestion out, Jock. Why did he ask Peter? He didn't. Peter asked Jesus. Verse 29 said, where are we? I want to read it to you. Matthew 14. It says this. If you're taking notes, go and read Matthew 14. Immediately Jesus spoke to them, verse 27. Be of good cheer, it is I, because they thought it was a ghost walking on the water. Immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter, the only disciple, I love this guy. He stood up out of the boat and he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. When our eyes is focused on Jesus, boldness with faith will arise and we will say, Lord, how do you want to use me? Jesus didn't single him out. He said, Lord, can you use me? Can I come? Jesus said, come. Where will your faith take you this year? What will happen in your life, in my life, when we put on the eyes of faith with the blinkers and say, Lord, if it is you, can I come? Where are you willing to go? If Jesus says yes, what miracles are just waiting for you on the other side of your question to Jesus? I prayed that prayer and he sent me to another country. <laughs> but there is more. I can't just stay there. There is more that Jesus wants to do in my life. And I'm trusting there's more he wants to do in your life. There's more he wants to do in this church. We're not just going to say, Lord, if it's really you, can we just have a little bit of a bigger building? No, Lord, can we change a nation? Lord, can we... Minister to every single person in the Vundu and see every single demonic manifestation ceased and healed in the name of Jesus. Can you use a small church with 50 people? Lord, if it's you, 
can we come to you on the water? Jesus says, come. I want you to close your eyes this morning. Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, can I come? And even though Jesus said to him, the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, and he looked at the storm, he looked with his natural eyes, the miracle flow stopped just because he took his eyes off Jesus. But what happened in his life when you continue to read the Gospels and you continue to read the book of Acts? Peter became one of the founders of the early church. The main preacher, bold preacher, on his first sermon, 3,000 people got saved. He stepped out, even though he failed Jesus many times, he still walked by faith. Jesus still said to him, come, come walk on the water with me. Just keep your eyes on me. The miraculous is up to me. I need you to keep fixing your eyes on me. He healed people. He raised people from the dead. He got saved miraculously by angelic help out of jail. He did incredible things for the kingdom. Because he chose to look with eyes of faith. Lord, if it's really you, can I come? I want to ask you this morning. If you are struggling with the eyes of comparison. Maybe you are struggling with the eyes of fear. Maybe you're struggling with eyes of the flesh. This morning, the Lord wants to exchange your glasses. He wants to give you new vision. He wants to instill new faith in your heart this morning. To believe Him for the impossible. To not live by what we see, but to live by faith. To believe every promise in the Word. Jesus, the Father said to Abraham, everywhere you look, in other words, as far as your eye can see by faith, I will give to you. I will make them your descendants of the whole earth if you will just look with eyes of faith. How many times in the Word does it say in the Psalms, I lift up my eyes. Where does my help come from? Where I'm looking is going to be so important this year. Lord, lift up our eyes this morning. Eyes of faith. What are we staring at this morning? And I believe in the Spirit the Lord showed me that He wants to literally open up the eyes of some of us this morning. And if that is you, I want you to just stand. If you want me to pray for you for eyes to be opened, for you to see further than you ever thought you could, for you to dream further, for you to trust God's promises like you've never trusted Him before. I'm gonna pray for a release of faith in this room this morning. I'm standing and I'm praying for myself. So don't, 
don't let these opportunities pass by. Trust me, God does something in a corporate setting that is astounding. We might not even know what He's doing on the inside of us. If you need eyes of faith this morning, why don't you tell Jesus, Lord, if it is you, I'm standing this morning. Lord, I need eyes of faith for 2022. I don't want to look through the eyes of fear anymore. I don't want to look through the eyes of comparison. Lord, I don't have time to compare myself to those who commend themselves. I want to run my race with you. Lord, you see every person standing here this morning. Lord, you see every child in this room. Lord, I pray for supernatural eyes in the name of Jesus. Lord, restore our spiritual sight this morning. Lord, open up the eyes in the areas that we are blind, Lord, where eyes of comparison are blinding us to see what you've got for us, where eyes of fear are blocking us and blinding us from operating in faith, where eyes of the flesh is keeping us focused on the things of this world and help us to see in the supernatural today. Open up our eyes, Lord. Why don't you raise your hands to heaven and just trust Him. Ask Him, what is it that you need to see? What are you believing Him for? And ask Him, Lord, if it is you, can I come? And Lord, I'm going to trust that you are going to speak to every person in this room this morning. Lord, I pray that you would show them in the Spirit right now. I feel like the Lord is dropping visions and pictures in your mind's eye of what He's wanting to do in your life. Where He's wanting to take you. What you can trust Him for. What you can believe Him for. Come on, He's the God of miracles. Speak to him this morning, team. You can just put up the music a little bit louder for me this morning because for me, that's why I am not distracted because I can focus on the King of Kings. Lord, thank you that you are speaking to every person this morning. Holy Spirit, open up our eyes. Let us see what you are seeing, Lord. We want to come. We want to walk on water with you. We want to see the impossible happen in our lives. We want to have something to testify about, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would release an increase of faith in our hearts this morning. Move among your people, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We want to see what you see, Lord. We want to hear what you hear. And Lord, this morning, I pray that we will fix our eyes on you. Lord, that you would help us from the distractions in our lives. Lord, that you would help us to walk with our blinkers every day. To seek you every day. To keep our eyes locked in in the promises of your word every day. And I pray that we will be a church that will arise in faith like never before. Lord, that will trust you for the things that you want to do in our lives and in our church and in our nation like never before. We will be a people of faith that will walk by faith and not by sight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We will take you at your word in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I want to pray if there is anyone here this morning and you've got sickness in your body, I want to pray for you. I want you to just step out into the front as we conclude the service. If you need healing in your body, please come to the front. And Father, I thank you for every person here this morning. I pray a blessing over them, a blessing over their families, blessing over their business, Lord, and everything that they are doing this week. 
And we thank you that you are a good God. We thank you that your word is true. We love you, Lord. Can we come? In Jesus' name, and everyone says, Amen.